Hey, this is Alyssa popping in to tell you that this episode is originally airing on Tuesday, November 6th, which is Election Day. So if you're listening today on Election Day, I want to remind you to hop on out and vote. And if you didn't vote, or if you missed the cutoff to register to vote, we want to remind you to go to usa.gov register dash to dash vote and get yourself all set or just Google, where do I register to vote? Whitney, Ruth, Michael, and I all thank you for doing your civic duty and for listening to this podcast. Enjoy! everyone, welcome to the Massage Business Blueprint podcast where we discuss the business side of massage therapy and we have a super double guest fancy schmancy podcast episode prepared for you today that I am all kinds of excited about. We have, and I'm not even going to banter or do anything, I'm telling everyone right away this is what we got. We have two huge rock stars joining us um, as guests. So first we have Whitney Lowe. Whitney, hi. How's it going? Good. And we have Ruth Werner. Hi, Ruth. Hey, Alyssa. I'm so excited because we have two foremost authors and educators in the massage world here. Whitney, whose career spans three decades and includes extensive clinical work, research, publication, teaching, and positions on national boards and committees, and he's my friend. Uh, Whitney Lowe is here. Whitney directs the Academy of Clinical Massage, which provides advanced clinical massage, continuing education, as well as programs for schools. And then Ruth Werner, who is author, educator, advocate for massage, also online education, uh, all kinds of textbooks that are filling up my bookcase right now. And those were super rough, super fast bios. So I want to give each of our guests a chance to tell us a little more clearly what it is they do. And let's start with Ruth. Ruth, tell me what you're doing nowadays. Well, I'd be happy to. So, um, and this is actually relevant to the topic of our conversation. So um, my Work life right now is split in probably three different directions. I am in the final phases of wrapping up the next edition of A Massage Therapist's Guide to Pathology. This will be the seventh edition. All of the stuff that will be in the print book, um, I'm going to be wrapping up by January 1st, and then I get to work on all the online ancillaries, you know, the test bank and the PowerPoint slides and the workbook and things like that. Um, so that the book will hit the market late next summer through my wonderful new publisher, Books of Discovery. So that's a huge part of what I'm working on right now. I also uh, write columns for Massage and Body Work magazine. A couple of other people on this phone, on this uh, conversation write columns for Massage and Body Work magazine. Um, and I also write for Massage New Zealand, which is, which is really fun because it makes me feel like I have, you know, a global reach. Um, and then the third thing that takes up my bandwidth is the development and maintenance of online education. I have um, a, a full pathology course that is currently in session, and I am beginning the process of launching individual short courses that will be continuing education for anybody who wants them. So that's all, that's a, a sort of a new thing for me, and it's been wonderful to have a connection with Whitney who's much more comfortable in that world than I am because that's a big part of what we end up talking about. Sweet. 
And yeah. I, I'm just going to do the plug right now. I took your uh, diabetes course online and it proved to be super helpful to me. The timing on it was brilliant. I took the course online, learned a bunch of stuff that I had either learned or not learned or learned and forgotten uh, when I was in massage school. And literally like within the next few weeks, I got a new client with gestational diabetes that I felt so prepared for and safe working with because I had just had that online training, which was- Oh, amazing. I love hearing stories like that. That is awesome. And I'm thrilled that I remembered to tell that story right now. <laughs> I made a note. <laughs> So let's jump to Whitney, who can tell us more about what he does, and bring it on, Whitney. Yeah, so I think um, just like Ruth said, talking about what we're doing really highlights the importance of what we're talking about with our topic today about this accountability partner process, because uh, Ruth and I are on such a parallel track right now. She's doing a book revision. Um, I'm also doing a book revision, so I'm working long on a long overdue revision of my assessment book. And um, this book is going to be, real, the plan is really that it's going to be a lot more than a textbook when it comes out. There's going to be uh, a whole comprehensive online course going along with that. So it's going to be more than just use the usual sort of PowerPoints and test bank things that come along with textbooks. We're really trying to make a full-blown course to go along with that for the schools to really try to put some emphasis on uh, teaching assessment skills in the schools, which has been a big passion of, of mine for a very long time. And uh, also, um, just uh, as Ruth is, I'm also doing uh, regular writing of columns for both Massage and Body Work and Massage Today, um, both of which I've been doing for quite a long time. So those, those articles end up, uh, lots of people probably don't recognize the amount of time that goes into those articles, but a lot of time goes into to putting no those things together. Kidding. You would know that too. Times <laughs> and snacks and booze. Yeah. <laughs> and that's just me. Right. Uh, so, yeah, so those things are, are very time intensive. And then uh, also the other big thing that I'm uh, managing on an ongoing basis is our online uh, training program. That's the uh, part of the um, uh, NCBTMB's new specialty certificate in clinical rehabilitative massage. This is actually an online program. It's a 130-hour online program. It's been going on since, um, when did I launch this? I think 2006 uh, was when that program was first launched, and it continues to be a work in progress evolving. But my real goal with that program has always been to push the far edge of uh, quality online education for a very comprehensive, thorough, and uh, to be honest, a very hard, tough program that people go through doing that thing because there's a lot of stuff that we get to cover in that program that's just way too hard to cover in the very short two-day workshop format that, that most of these courses are taught in. So that's pretty much in a nutshell what, what tends to be taking up a lot of our time and work efforts here uh, that we're trying to work together on. I gotta say one of the one of the things that I have most admired about you, Whitney, is you were so early on willing to embrace and hurdle the obstacles of online education and the the technical aspect of getting massage therapists online and getting their education online in a in a time where that was so rare and you massage educators were still uh, putting flyers up and thinking that was going to fill their live classes and <laughs> didn't need a didn't need a website. They don't want a website. They, and you really pioneered that, and you you, you paved the way for a lot of us to be able to interact online and see online education as something that could be done. And 
with such a, just a mellow humility to it that wasn't like, I want to be everyone's massage rock star online. It was the, <laughs> like, no guys, we can do this. Yeah. And well, that's, was- yeah, that is very much how it evolved. It actually started for me back in the late nineties, believe it or not, uh, with a tremendous amount of frustration in the workshop environment with trying to teach complex clinical reasoning skills in a two-day course and i was studying a lot about you know education and learning theory because that's a real passion of mine it's like how do people learn and recognizing that that particular course format that we teach all these courses in is really quite poor for long-term learning people tend to cram a lot of stuff into a two-day weekend but the reality is you because of that intensive format you tend to forget a lot of stuff and so I was looking at, you know, how do we build something that's, uh, you know, because the medical schools at that time were also grappling with a lot of these same issues of how do we teach complex clinical reasoning skills over a longer period of time where the students will actually get it and remember it a year down the road or two years down the road. And they were doing some real innovative things with, with online education, uh, much more complex than the, the stuff that typically was out, which is throw a PDF online and call it a course, which, you know, there's just way too much of that kind of crap. But um, I really believed we could do some really <laughs> No, no judgment. That's fine. <laughs> okay, so that uh, ruined my plans yeah. for all our courses next year. <laughs> <laughs> I can't. Um, yeah, but the, the point is you can make really good quality. Um, you know, I've always said this, you know, it's actually really easy to make an online course it's really hard to make a good online course. And that's, that's where the, the rubber hits the road, I think. And I'm totally, I'm just remembering now how you taught a, a presentation at uh, an Alliance for Massage Therapy Education event that I went to a couple of years ago, probably several years ago now, that was all about keynotes. How are we making our slides so that students can actually learn when they're watching a keynote, listening to a lecture? And that yeah. dramatically changed how I make slides for all the stuff I do from, from then on, I was, when I watched your, your slides and I, I saw how you presented images and you reduced words and you, you talked about how our brains work and how much we can concentrate on at one time. That was huge for me. And I, I learned, I went on my own after that event and looked into it a lot more and it dramatically changed how I made slides. And, um, that's been really huge for me. And I, I don't, I don't know that I ever made that that connection until just now that that was you that did that and that this is totally applicable to how you were so innovative online. So thanks for that. Well, you're most certainly welcome. And, you know, it, it does emphasize another important point that I think, which is that the way people often get into teaching environments or teaching uh, positions or opportunities in our field is often from directly from clinical work like hey i'm doing this in the clinic i think i've got a new technique or whatever and then hey i'm going to go teach it but there really aren't a lot of people who spend a lot of time learning about learning like how do people learn and how do we make better educational uh, materials better educational methods better educational experiences for people and and i would really love to see more people doing what you're doing which is like taking this stuff and really doing something with it to to make things better well, now I've made notes for about five more podcast episodes you're going to have to do with us. So thank you. righty. <laughs> well, let's jump into today's topic. And everyone, this is about having an accountability partner. Uh, Ruth and Whitney created this partnership to literally hold themselves accountable for the work that they've got to do. And then have I've heard about it from each of them at different points. And I desperately wanted to hear about how it came about. So... Doesn't matter to me which one starts, but let me, we'd love to hear 
How did this happen? Yeah, well, I'll, uh, I'll get going with how it started just briefly here, and then I want to turn this over to Ruth to talk a little bit about you know, how we do this and what we do when we're, we're working together. Basically, I had come across an article on accountability partners and how valuable that was for people in certain work environments for being able to, to get them to be way more productive and to make themselves stick to deadlines and get things accomplished. And I thought, you know, this could really work really well for me because uh, I work in isolation. I live in a very rural, small town uh, place and don't get out around a lot of other people, a lot of colleagues as often. So uh, I really felt like it would be helpful for me to have some, some kind of process like this. And, you know, I, I sort of looked around and said, like, who is doing similar kinds of things to what I'm trying to do that would relate to my challenges that I'm dealing with on a regular basis? And, and you know, the other key thing is that for me, it's got to be somebody who I really respect and somebody who I trust to the end of the world. So that narrows the list down really, really small um, for people that would fit that bill of doing that. And, and for me, Ruth was just an ideal person to be working with. So I, I wanted to turn that over to, to Ruth now to talk to you a little <laughs> bit about her experiences there. Oh, sure. Now that my eyes are all sweaty. Uh, <laughs> thank you, Whitney. That's so, yeah. that's just, it's, um, yeah. So what happened, Alyssa, is Whitney contacted me. I mean, we're, we, we were in touch from time to time when we had a specific question to, you know, that, that we knew the other person had the right expertise <clears throat> to answer. And so um, Whitney contacted me and said, here, look, you know, would you, would you look at this article about accountability partners and is, and is this something you might be interested in doing with me? And, you know, I didn't have to look at the article. I did, but I didn't have to, to say, yeah, absolutely. Yes. Um, like Whitney, I also live in a very remote place. The only time I see other people who are in my field is when I travel to go to meetings. And so that's, you know, five or six times a year right now, max. Um, and so my interaction with the profession is is pretty remote. And, you know, what's ironic, of course, is that we, we are both living in um, uh, tiny little rural communities, but we're in the same state and we're about four hours from each other. So <laughs> so we're, we're close, but not that close. Um, and, uh, you know, what I, uh, as, as both of us laid out at the beginning, we do a lot of work, but we don't punch a clock. And, um, and so it's incumbent on us to create structure for how the to-do list is actually going to happen. And when you sit down to a to-do list and the first thing on your list is something that you just really don't want to do. It is so easy to just like shove that aside and do the task that's more fun or more attractive or just easier um, or that seems more urgent, even though in the long run, it's not actually more important. And uh, so one of the things that Whitney and I do for each other that I think is, uh, for me, that is the most valuable in, in, in how we do this is to analyze, okay, what are, you know, what are we actually, what are we working on? versus what do we need to be working on and how do we make those two things actually match and you know sometimes we will keep a running list uh, i think at the beginning whitney actually made didn't you make an excel spreadsheet i did yeah <laughs> yeah yep. um that's not my that's not my medium i don't i i hate excel 
but um, <laughs> uh, but now you know now what we do is is we meet roughly every two weeks for about an hour and we meet on uh, zoom and we simply have a chat we check in about things that are personal but also things that are professional and we resonate with the challenges and we boost each other with our forward movement and um and and i will say that because of the influence of having an accountability partner whose good opinion i value so highly um, this has really propelled me forward with doing the things that that for me are important and also scary like putting more emphasis into developing my online courses and you know finally getting my act together about publishing a blog and um, uh, and 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 you know without Whitney to kind of be behind me saying you can do this and I'm here to answer your questions and I'm here to help you you know get over those obstacles um, without him to do that it would be just so easy for me to just do the things that I do every day and not challenge myself to go to the next level that I that I really need to do for myself for my profession um, and to feel like I am uh being the person that i'm that i you know that i want to be one other thing that i would add on that too is just saying that uh and this is um you know this is probably some a little bit more about my personality that that may not be as applicable for everybody else in the same way but i was one of those people that um i always just had a hard time when i didn't have my homework done um, you know, in school, like uh, that whole embarrassment about not meeting something that I knew I was supposed to be doing. And um, nobody wants to disappoint Ruth Warner. Right? <laughs> <laughs> That's you my accountability. My oh, my goodness. So, oh, you know, would that so. that were true. I hope my right. children listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> right. So that's, that's part of what, what keeps it going. Make sure that I make those uh, deadlines as well, too. Oh, that's really funny. I've talked about this in the podcast a little bit, um, just along with Michael, how uh, I follow a writer and a podcaster whose name is Gretchen, Gretchen Rubin, and she writes a series of stuff called The Happiness Project and has The Happiness Podcast, and she talks about the four different personality types um, in regards to productivity and motivation. So there's upholders, people who uh, can meet their own inner expectations, who don't need outside deadlines. There's obligers who will meet external obligations. And then there's questioners and then there's rebels. But the bulk of the, of the population falls into the obliger category, who is they will meet external obligations, but not necessarily hold their own obligations themselves. And part of the reason Massage Business Blueprint works so well like I was just flailing around with this for like four or five years until Michael said, hey, let's turn this into a thing. And then once I had a partner who held me accountable for certain things, then it all came together. And now that I know that uh, I have to be prepared to record a podcast when I'm meeting Michael at our weekly meeting, it gets done. Now that I know he's counting on me to do X, Y, Z and that I'm counting on him to do X, Y, Z, all of these things actually happen. And I think it's, it's a lot of knowing yourself, like knowing that I, I, I know I need someone to report to because I'll feel guilty if I don't. 
And that's a huge deal, like knowing how you work and, and even like geographically, like, okay, these are the restrictions um, based on where I live and how often I can get to events. It's a really, really big deal. How long, maybe a little bit of, for each of you, like what's a really, what's an example of how you flailed with this? Like how, what did you struggle with? What did you try as far as productivity that either failed or worked a little bit before you came to this accountability thing? Um, well, I would say, um, you know, my biggest obstacle over the last, you know, year and a half, um, or maybe even longer period of time has been this dark cloud hanging over me of I have to get this book revision done. And I have always been able to think of, you know, lots and lots of reasons why other things were more important. Um, you know, it's a little bit of a different ballgame. For example, the main book I'm working on now is self-published, but there's another book that I have that's published by a major large publisher. And this is, you know, Ruth's ballgame was dealing with bigger, large publishers. And it's a whole bunch of different things that you have to deal with when you're self-publishing versus working with a big publisher. Usually the big publisher is going to put more pressure on you about when a book revision is due. But if, if you're self-publishing, it's your decision when you do that. And so, uh, for me, the, the motivation and, and process to really, you know, put enough things aside to, to make that become important enough to get done was something that I just felt like I've got to get some help doing this somehow or other, because structurally I'm just, I'm not able to, to really ever get that too far enough on the front burner. Cause there's so many other things that seem to be needing more, more attention all the time. And when we have our meetings, we often talk about Whitney's progress with this and how, and, and in the time that we've been doing this, which is not that long, maybe what, four or five months, um, it's really changed shape a lot as we have talked about it and you've wrestled with it. And, and, and I think your, your movement on that book revision and the vision of, of that being more than a book um, has really been enriched by the time that we've spent together just talking about how to make that most effective. Yeah, absolutely. And and kind of back to what Ruth was saying earlier too, of it is when you're looking for who is that ideal accountability partner that you could work with that would be good for you, um, balancing those two things of somebody who's doing enough of the same things that you're doing that they can understand what you're going through and what you're challenged with, but also at the same time, you know, for example, let's say you want to find an accountability partner for how to grow your 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 massage practice, you know, you might feel also a little bit uneasy about working with somebody who you see as a you know, local competitor in your community or your neighborhood or something like that. And that can be a bit of an obstacle. So both of you have to recognize that working together can basically make you both more successful. And there's a lot of benefit that can come out of that. So you have to sort of kind of get out of that mindset. Of like, Oh, I can't give away my secrets or I can't tell them, you know, what I'm doing or I can't tell them that, you know, I'm really flailing or something like that because, you know, you, this is why you do it is to really get the support and help that you need. And for Whitney and me, we have such different strengths. Um, and so we really, I think we really fill in those blank places. When I was stumbling about my course or getting the blog going or things like that. Whitney was really a wonderful booster for me because that stuff isn't scary to him and it is to me. And by contrast, I'm, I'm really good at envisioning big projects and, and chunking them into smaller pieces. And, and I can be really supportive as he gets, when he gets overwhelmed by the, the size of the project that he's undertaking. Mm -hmm. I love this. So, <laughs> I do. I'm just so excited. Um, I have so many ideas. 
I want to take a break for a moment to talk about our halftime sponsor, and then we're going to launch into some tips for people who want to get started on this. I know we've covered a few already, but we are excited today to talk about Heal Well. Heal Well combines education, research, and service to improve the quality of life for people affected by acute, chronic, and serious illness. Heal Well is all about educating massage therapists to make them better therapists capable of working in these clinical and palliative environments and just improving the quality of life for all. And we were talking about them because Giving Tuesday is November 27th, the Tuesday after Thanksgiving. And here at Massage Business Blueprint, we are heartily supporting Heal Well. They have set an ambitious goal for this year and they want us to be part of it and all of you to be part of it. They are looking for 20 new recurring donors annually and raising $15,000 more. And that can be done. You can learn more about that at healwell.org. I personally am a monthly donor to HealWell. I give them a donation every month. It's automatically withdrawn. I have a little line item for charitable, charitable giving uh, in my business account That because I think this is a thing that is crazy important and I want to support it. And then we also support it through Massage Business Blueprint. They are truly leading the conversation about meaningful integration of massage in healthcare. They are talking to policymakers. They are connecting with thought leaders. They are challenging norms and raising the bar, and it is a beautiful thing. So visit HealWell.org. And um, I, got, I got distracted there. I got so excited about HealWell. So let's, <laughs> let's throw out just a few tips for people who may want to start a, uh, their own accountability partnership. Any thoughts and ideas? Well, as, well, as Whitney just said, I'll, I'll, I'm going first this time. Go for um, it. <laughs> as Whitney just said, I think, I think it's one of the things that has certainly made this work well for us is, is that we are at a similar place in the kind of work that we do. We're at a similar place in the time that we've been in the profession. Um, and you know, if if you if two people were to hook up and be accountability partners, but one person's an, a, you know a seasoned veteran and one's a newbie, that's likely to turn more into a mentorship. That's a wonderful partnership, but it may not achieve the same things as when you get people who are who are really more on a peer to peer basis. Um, so uh, you know, you got to look for that magical combination of of the people who are doing similar work to you that have similar struggles, so you can brainstorm how each how it's what's the right solution for each of you, which might not be the same thing. Yeah. And um, another thing that I would add too, is that when you're looking for who that ideal person is, um, somebody who you feel like you can give honest feedback to yeah. and also take honest feedback from, um, you know, Ruth, for example, has, has been able to say to me a couple of times, you know, make sure that you're, you know, staying on track to get, you know, this particular thing done with the book that you want to get done this week. Cause you know, I see, you know, like I see you're <laughs> on Facebook. I see you're doing all these other things. You got a lot of other things going, you know, I, like during the summertime, I'm, my time is just totally sucked away with um, helping my wife with wild bird rehabilitation that we do here in the house. And I just like, I have to abandon almost, you know, all my work projects to help out for a couple months. So there's times where I really need somebody to say, look, yeah, you got these other things going on, but you got to remember we're on a deadline here and you got to, you got to, you got to meet it, buddy. So. I'm sorry. I have to interject. I had the, the pleasure of visiting Whitney and Elise one summer during bird season. And there's just nothing like watching 
one of uh, the world's greatest education providers in massage therapy, it, it, sifting through a bin full of mealworms to fish out the dead ones. It's just, it's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> it's amazing. It's a great experience. Yeah, everyone should have that experience. Um, have you had any, any little fails in your accountability stuff? Have you had any? Oh, sure. Yeah. <laughs> well, any issues you had to work out? Have you, did you, were you ever too easy on each other? Oh, I think every time. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think, and this is something I think that we're growing towards. Um, uh, and I said something to Ruth about this the last time we were there is that, you know, I, I need you to, to kick my ass sometimes a little bit more firmly if we're not getting to the places that I need to get to, you know, and I don't want you to feel okay about that, you know. We're not at the point where we're like turning in, like Whitney isn't sharing things he's writing for me to look at because that, that would add another thing to my to-do list when my to-do list is pretty full. Um, so we may get to that point if that's, if, if, if we need to, but, uh, um, he's right. I mean, you know, we're such good friends and we really look forward to those conversations. We could be more pointed about creating an agenda and doing a checkoff list. It hasn't felt needed yet, but we may get to that point. One other thing that I would add here that I think is a challenge for some people to do that really, uh, you need to put this on, and we haven't had a problem with this um, doing it, but some other people might just because everybody's busy, but you got to put this on your calendar and you got to stick with it. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's easy, I think, to say, oh, this is just my meeting with my accountability partner. I can you know, blow it off this week or whatever. Um, we've had a couple of times where we had to reschedule some things around you know, being out of town and travel stuff. But for the most part, you know, when we put that on the calendar, it's, it's, a, done, it's a done deal. We're, we're going to be meeting because we've got to stick with it. And we really value it. It's fun. Yeah, yeah it is. That's, I found that's the thing I, I most adore about working on the blueprint is that I, it's given me an excuse to talk to my friend on a weekly or every other week basis. Uh, and we're really good about covering the personal stuff in a few minutes and updating and then moving into our business stuff pretty quick, which is really right. nice. Yeah. Right. Uh, anything else anyone want to share? Does anyone want to give us a sneak peek on anything they've got coming up? Um, you know, if you'd like some online education about diabetes, to visit my website at ruthwerner.com. And, um, you know, keep reading the trade journals because we're just all over them. Yeah, all three of us, really. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. And uh, yeah, and I would just say yeah, same thing. We kind of gave the sneak peek of what we're what working on now. So our our job is to get that get that stuff finished so we can get it out there for for everybody. Sweet. Well, I'm gonna let you get back to work then because you have been so gracious giving us your time and talking us through this. So everyone, as always, thank you for listening to the Massage Business Blueprint podcast. If you have ideas for future podcasts, guests you want to hear us talk to. If you have a love note, if you have a complaint, you can send all of these things to podcast at massagebusinessblueprint.com. And I want to remind everyone listening, you are, uh, I think you're ahead of the curve if you know how to listen to a podcast, which seems silly and yet you really are. So please, 
talk to your massage colleague friends and say, hey, do you know how to listen to a podcast on your mobile device? Or if they don't have a fancy mobile device that where they can listen to a podcast, show them our website, get them to our, our podcast tab and show them they can listen to it right online from their computer. But share us with your friends. Tell your friends that we exist so we can get more podcast listeners and more questions and help more people. Whitney and Ruth, thank you. Thank you again for this. It is, I love that you gave us your time and I love this accountability partner idea and we are gonna keep in touch with you and see how this goes. All right, so we'll have an accountability process with uh, Massage Business Blueprint, right? You'll check in with us again and see how we're doing. If we're still, if we're still around here in a few months. Or, <laughs> we're gonna help you. That is yeah. very valuable. Yes. Thank you again for your time and everyone have a wonderful day. That sounds great. Take care, everyone. Thanks, everybody.